Well, Andrew, I was going to give this romantic sort of introduction. I was going to say in 1997, Andrew Gunn, bought a farm in Africa that was on top of the hills in the clouds overlooking the Atlantic. It was a fruit farm higher than anybody else's. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, Carrie, and you? Yeah, <laughs> um, lovely, lovely to be chatting. It's so nice to have you on our sort of power hour for biz news. Thank you for coming on. Andrew, you and I go back a hugely long time. You're one of my favorite people. And can I tell them the story of the Viking in my doorway at Norman Goodfellows? Yes, well, that takes us back um, 20 years, doesn't it, Kerry? You tell the story, Andrew. Well, Kerry, as you pointed out earlier on, um, you know, I had originally from Johannesburg, uh, I had a business which I sold in the mid-90s. And, um, you know, I was contemplating my next move, and I ended up um, coming down and looking at a farm in Franschhoek. Um, and uh, fortunately, it was in February, and I'd never been as hot as that. And quite frankly... You know, coming from what was the old Transvaal in those days, um, you know, farmers where you can't see your neighbors. Yes. And um, anyway, to cut a long story short, I ended up, as you say, buying this farm on top of, on the southerly border of the Elgin Valley, totally surrounded by nature conservation. Our, ne- our nearest neighbor is like seven kilometers away. And uh, But I bought a bit of a pig in the poke, Gary. And it, it was. was. It was a bit derelict. I remember the first time I came to that farm, and you have a beautiful old Herbert Baker house there, which actually wasn't beautiful then at all. It was falling to pieces. But you carry on telling us the story. No, you're absolutely right. I, I couldn't see the wood for the trees. You know, if you come to Elgin in, in February, March, I mean, the bounty, the apples, the, the, the trees are groaning with apples. Mm. And, you know, being a, basically, I was fundamentally a businessman, and I thought, well, Surely I can make a, a living from all these apples. But little did I realize the, <laughs> yeah, the trees were the old varieties, Granny Smiths and Golden Delicious. And, and you know, the trees were old, Carrie. Um, you know, they Listen, weren't producing just go the right steady, Tiger. There's nothing wrong with old. No, well, Carrie, I've realized that now that I've, um, you know what, that's another story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I see my wife, my life in three Three uh, twenty-four year periods. Okay. I'm now into the end of the the, the third twenty-fourth period. Mm-hmm. So that puts, puts it into perspective. But yeah, Carrie. Um, so yeah, I started. Um, we planted vineyards in '98, and um, you know it was with a bit of skepticism from the likes of Eben Archer and other people in the know. But uh, very quickly we realised that we we've got a very unique property, mm-hmm. and our first vintage was 2001. And, um, you know, that's another story because I didn't have a, a seller on the farm. Um, I was only able to get enough planting material for two hectares. Oh, you had your and wine I, made at Takara at the time. Didn't GT make that wine? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was that wonderful coincidence. You know, I met um, Giles Webb at an auction down in the valley where basically Ross Gower. Um, oh, and that's that, trouble. That's trouble. Charles Webb and Ross Gower. Michael House Boy, I think Rossi was from Bishops. Bad news, those two boys. Yeah, they're lovely people. And, and you know, um, Charles has been very, very generous in his support of, of our endeavor. And um, I went to the auction and I said, um, guys, why don't you join us after Ross successfully bought the farm? Come and have lunch with us. And, and Giles said, where, where are you planning on making the wine? So I said, well, 
I don't know if I haven't decided. I was chatting to, do you remember Mike Dobrovic from Moldova? Sure, sure. He's a poet. He's like Bob Dylan. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so and he's a hippie. No, he is. No, he's a wonderful character. You know, always handing out these notes with great sayings. Yes. But, and he, at the time, he was, um, you know, Mr. Sauvignon Blanc, and he was quite excited to, to make the wine, but um, he didn't really have capacity. And Giles said, you know, I've, I'm involved with GT at Takara. We've got spare capacity. I'm happy to make the wine for three years. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened. Yep. So then, of course, we only we only had a thousand bot a thousand cases, which is twelve thousand bottles in the first vintage. Mm. And I, I was so excited about it, I decided to 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 bring uh, the wine up in a in a bottle. <laughs> in a Coke bottle. Might've... No, well, don't don't uh, we don't need to advertise Coke on this. <laughs> it was a buddy Coke bottle, and <laughs> it was indeed, Gary. <laughs> anyway, so you know Norman Goodfellows, of course. Um, and, and you, the doyen of, of the wine industry in, in, in the Transvaal, you know, oh. if you want to sell, um, if you want to sell wine, you know, you've got to be able to sell wine to carry Adams. <laughs> so I found you at management, and if you remember. Yes, I do. And I, you were the first person to taste You were the first person to taste our 2001 Sauvignon Blanc. It was, it was in fact a, a tank sample. Yeah, it was indeed. And so from my side, from my, and what did I say to you that day, Andrew? No, you said we onto, we onto a really good thing. You, <laughs> you said, I said I'm going to buy every last drop. It was so delicious, guys. So my side of the story was that this very tall Viking, and you are a Viking, actually. I think you're a, you're a descendant of some Vikings. He was standing in the doorway at Norman Goodfellows. Um, in 19, oh God, was it 2001, 2002? I can't remember. And yeah, it was 2001, yeah. Came and introduced himself with your little buddy Coke bottle in hand, so humble and modest and just so completely and utterly endearing. And I said, let's have this taste. And we did. And it really was, I'm not a sovereign or blank. You know, I always say, if she went to the matric dance, she wouldn't be asked to dance. She's not the prettiest grape in the, in the sort of dance hall. But anyway, I tasted it and it was just completely different and delicious to anything that I'd tasted from South Africa before. So that was the beginnings of our relationship, which has sort of gone on for the next 20 something years to, to see Iona go from tiny beginnings to one of the most successful wineries in the country at the moment. Tell us your little journey. Yeah, no, it's been an amazing journey, Carrie. And as you say, you know, I started with Sauvignon Blanc. But quite rightly, you know, Sauvignon Blanc um, is is a very versatile grape, so it it can be grown in in quite in a lot of different climates. Yeah. In fact, in a, in a warmer climate, you would tend to pick it earlier, so you'd get more herbaceous, um, more high acidity, because mm. if you've got to pick it early, um, you then would have to add sugar to balance the acid. But in a cool climate, you know, a bit like um, uh, Sancerre or even Marlborough, New Zealand. Yeah. You, you get much more complex flavors, and that's what we get. Mm. But, you know, you're quite right. You're never, you're never going to make a reputation as a great worldwide producer on the back of Sauvignon. No. So we started planting Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and um, you know, that, I think, is, is where we will ultimately be, you know, become an international player. Well, we already have recognition from, from our wines internationally. Yes. Uh, Chances and you know Richard Hemming and yes. um, well, of course we need to tell everybody about your single vineyard, 
um, very Burgundian um, cousins that you've put together. I think it was 2017 that you put those together, and they are absolutely, they just top draw. They are on point. They're fabulous. They epitomize the 20-year journey that you've sort of walked to get to that level of excellence. Talk to us about those single vineyard wines that you're producing. Yeah, that's quite interesting because, as you know, Burgundy is is the home of Sauvignon. I mean, uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, mm. and 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 vineyards are the most critical, are all important in in Burgundy, and particularly, you know, as as you know, the quality level goes from Grand Cru, Premier Cru, Village, and then Bourgogne, and we decided to celebrate the individual vineyards. Um, not that we're trying to make a better wine out of the individual vineyards, but, you know, that we, we demonstrate the differences in the sites. Mm. So we, we've got um, two single vineyard Chardonnays. We've got one called Kloof, another one Feinbos, mm. quite different soils. And, and the wines are quite quite different, you know, and, and it's exciting for people who love Pinot to, to understand, you know, the individual components that make up the total blend. And then, of course, with with uh, Pinot, we've got one called Kroen and also Kloof um, vineyard. Light soils, but but fantastic. We're very excited about those. I was so excited when you brought me uh, brought some to taste. They they really are brilliant. We can't not talk about Sophie to Blanche. Tell us the name, where the name Sophie came from. Come and there's a story to everything at, at Iona. <laughs> no, absolutely, Kerry. I'll tell you, um, you know, once, um, you know, if you're making uh, great wine, you know, you also don't want to make too much wine. You don't want to be in a vintage where you actually have got wine left over from vintage to vintage. So no. we, we've always been in a position where we only make a limited amount of Iona. Mm. Um, um, and what happened in 2009, we had a particularly good crop and, um, we had a, a 20,000 liters left over from the Iona. And, um, my winemaker came to me and said, look, Andrew, uh, you know, I think I'll, I can, I've got a market for this. I can sell it as bulk. <laughs> so I said, no, John, it's, it's far too good for that. So he said, what are you going to do with it? So I said, well, I'm going to create a second label. So he said, what are you going to call it? So I said, Sophie to Blanche. So he said, why Sophie to Blanche? So he said, no, my, my workers and Afrikaans friends referred to Sauvignon Blanc as Sophie de Blanc. <laughs> exactly. All the guys in the farmlands. I used to work for Anglo, as you know, many millions of years ago. And when we used to sort of do harvests and things there, all the pickers used to talk about Sophie de Blanc. So when I saw that name, I laughed my head off. I thought, only Andrew Gunn. And quickly... <laughs> You just in, I think, about 2003, you married the most gorgeous girl called Rosie, who we love and adore. And she has a farm that she was on quite near to you at, at Iona. And to our delight, I see that Rosie has actually produced a wine of her own. Tell me about that quickly. Well, I'm going to hand you over to Rosie. She's sitting oh, right next to you. Okay, cool. Because I think she, it's her baby and... Um, you know, she'd love to, and you know, to carry a wonderful chatting to you. And, and um, you, my and if you've got twenty thousand liters left over, give it to me. We'll sell it through Biz News. Definitely done. You're on. Done. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Love, lots of love, Carrie. And you, bye. Hi, Carrie. Rosie Gunn, so, how are you? 
I'm fine. That was a very generous introduction. Um, when Andrew says he's fundamentally a businessman, I think I'm fundamentally an artist and a complete nutter. I think every family's got one. So, yeah, he's done quite well to keep me. Um, <laughs> good for him. I was excited about solace. Tell our listeners about solace, Rose. Um, you know, planting a vineyard and making solace was, it was really my tiny little way of, um, at the time, you know, circumstances had changed radically for me. I'd lost a husband and it was my way of kind of taking my pain and transforming it into something, um, mm. some kind of a story, um, some kind of an endeavor. And I think it's what artists have always done. You know, we, yes. we, we frame our trauma as best as we can and we kind of make a little offering of it. And, you know, if our offering is really authentic and, and selflessly done, um, you know, it, it turns into a gift. And, you know, if it is, if yes. what better you know, tribute? What better tribute to a wonderful husband? So, um, absolutely. But it kind of got me thinking because I know that you were, um, thinking of listing it, you know, and, 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 um, at, at a hotel in Houghton that was, was going to have some sort of, um, connection to Nelson Mandela and yes. it really kind of got me thinking um, as to what was it that he managed to do because that really I mean I think I think if there's anyone out there that kind of could remind us that basically all our plans are meaningless and that helps not on the way and that our children are going to die in our own lifetime you know Nelson Mandela's life was was an act of such sort of revenge against all the unfairness of this world. And, yes. you know, when you back to us from a place of, of unfelt suffering, I mean, remains essential today and fundamental and enduring. Mm. And and so, you know, in a weird kind of way, you know, um, he's kind of the greatest artist of all in that, you know, he kind of presented us. Um, he took his pain and presented us with this kind of truth yes. that really does give comfort and solace and allows us to see Um so that, that's really the kind of correlation that, you know, that I well, think of. Well, that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for exactly that kind of a connotation for everybody who doesn't know they're converting Mr. Mandela's home in Houghton into a little boutique hotel. And Rosie Solace is definitely going to be on that wine list. So, Rose, to you and Andrew both, thank you so much for joining us on the Biz News Power Hour. You're a fantastic power couple. And we're lucky to have had you. Have a brilliant weekend.